What's up, everybody? Mike Stather here. Carl Lefke with you. The Obsession Podcast. Back at you. Bigger and better than ever. Bigger and better. New deer. New year. Right on. Oh, there's one deer that isn't going to make it through, though, Mike. This guy. That, that's the one we found dead. Yeah, that's the one we found dead when we were opening up the uh, campsite, plot. campsite plot. Late fall, early winter, actually, when we were doing that. But Yeah, deer we had on the property all year. Um, I remember him because he had this flat brow. Yep. Um, he actually broke that off maybe a week before we found him. Um, we figured he got hit on the road yeah. and made it up to the top of my ridge, and that's where he, where he laid. Yeah, right on the edge of one Which, of the uh, areas. Sucked. It did suck. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, it is what it is, and... Got any know, questions over there? What do you got? I do got some questions. One or two questions, all I right. got a couple here. Um, got an annoying dog down here. <laughs> um, here's a good one, I think. Do you... Guy asked, do you set your food pots up for social and or rut hunting separately. So for a social gathering of the deer or a, hmm. you know, just a rut hunt or... Well, I never... I don't know. That's it. You're right. That is an interesting <laughs> question. I don't... I don't set food plots up for the rut. Hunting deer for the rut on food plots. I set food plots up to establish deer movement. Now, is that for rut? Yeah. Eh. Yeah. You know, I don't... Uh, <clears throat> not that we haven't shot deer on the food plot during the rut. Yeah. Or near the food plot. You know, usually catch those bucks cruising. But I think rut, I think... I think uh, well, there's a couple ways to look at it, I guess. Depends on if your buck to doe ratio is decent and deer respond to calls or calling and you can call to them. Put out decoys, things like that. Um, uh, you know, the bucks during the rut are going wherever the does are. I guess I would understand the thought of hunting bucks on the edge of food. I mean, kind of, what do you think about that? Um, I think this kind of came up to me because I was talking to a guy... Um, and he asked me, you know, about the ponds that we put in here at my place. Yeah. Um, he's like, oh, those will be a good, you know, social deer spot. And I'm like, as a, I don't know what that means. It's a water hole. Yeah. I mean, do I expect all the deer to use it? I would at some point, yes. But I right. didn't put it there to, I didn't put it there to congregate deer, I guess, is what, you yeah. know, it's, a, it's I always think of food plots, I know, this is me, mm -hmm. people say a lot, I think of them as like a destination plot that they're going to, right, for a reason, or, um, you know, in specific spots for a reason, I guess. I mean, really, we set our... Like we, a staging type plot, yeah. uh, uh, you know, a destination type plot, every plot gets used, I don't think they, they get used any different, I think it depends on... Like how you said, how the deer move, yeah, and where they're traveling, and that's kind of what we try to do is get them, you know. Our initial thing with food plots is to separate our doe herds. Right, it's segregating deer, is what we say. So less less social pressure. 
I don't know, I think there's a misconception about food plots where food plots have to be a spot where deer congregate. Yeah. Um, honest truth, deer, like let's just say separate groups of, uh, of does, really don't like to be around each other. No. You'll have, you, you see it here at your place, you see it at my place, where we'll have one certain group of does that stays on such and such food plot, and then a totally different group on the other side of the property, east and west. Mm -hmm. And then maybe one or two other smaller groups in the middle. Yeah. And that's what we set our food plots up. But they're also strategically placed to create buck movement in between them. Yeah. That's, and that's where we pick off our buck. That's kind of what I was going to say because I, and not, not saying I haven't shot a buck in a food pot that came under feed. Right. But right. the majority of the bucks that I've killed, especially here, have come into a plot to look. Yeah. Or I've called them into it. Yeah. Um, and they've been there for one reason and they don't, they're not coming in there to feed. No. Now I did kill that one on that cold front. Yes. Uh, that bird back, we called him a yep. few years back, remember early? Because that cold front rolled in, I had pictures of him every night coming in that same end of that plot to feed. Yeah, that was on the west end there. Yep. yep. That's a, I did kill him that way. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, they're in like a destination, like I say, it's maybe something we're set up off the side of, and they're coming to from a bedding area or going back to a bedding area, and they might hit it yeah. in or out. And that's kind of where we're judging on. You know, food plots. Normally, those do congregate in them. Yeah, they just feed around in them and stuff. But bucks, bucks aren't usually in there feeding with no. them. No. You know, they just don't as much. It. Um, that's. I think that's a lot of times people get caught up on seeing too much TV. Their bucks on their cameras at night in their food pots, but that's kind of normal. Yeah. You know, they like they feed later. It seems that I've seen over the yeah, years. Yeah, you'll come in. Well, you'll get them or coming in. Like when you killed that buck, the one you were talking about, Burback, you killed him on a big cold front. That temperature yeah. was huge. That big drop, you know, and then big rain and all of yeah. that. Um, and he was moving because of the, the weather. He wasn't moving because that was his normal time to move. Yeah, no. He's coming to that food because he probably wasn't bedded, but. Hundred yards He's away, maybe. I'm sure. And in the bedding area. In the bedding area where <laughs> that was established for him, also. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I'm not. Uh, our food plots are for deer segregation yeah. and and promoting deer movement on our particular properties. Each one of them is east to west movement, yeah. with some north to south level change. Yes, we have height and sustainability. Well, of our herd, obviously. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's. I don't. Food plots. You can hold more deer if you can yeah. segregate them. The the, I maybe this is where they get confused as they they see you and I talk about plots we stay out of until rut. Oh, it's yeah. not because that's a rut hunting plot. It's because around it, it's the best area that's gonna hold those bigger bucks. Right. And they feel yeah. safe there. So that's why we stay out until we can get in. You know, and, and they're your better spots. You're gonna have your better spots on your land. Oh, Sometimes yeah, it's percent. where a plot is. It's not always where a plot is. Right. You know. And the other thing too, you know, our season here starts early, so September. Yeah. It doesn't end up until the end of January. Yeah. And your deer move differently on your property over those time spans. So early season deer movement on our properties is different than 
you know, pre-rut movement, rut movement, and then post-rut movement. Mm -hmm. And figuring that part out is important, and then being able to adjust and place food uh, accordingly, and then being able to place stands accordingly to adjust for each part of what we call the rut, which to us is when the velvet's dropping off the, their antlers and the hormones are starting to go, and then the pre-rut is where the, what we when we say pre-rut, most of the time people don't understand. We're talking about the the uh, the aggressive the aggressive stage, the pre the the, the their. Uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Basically, their aggressive stage is what we call it. When you can call to them, they'll come to you. Uh, when you can rattle them in, such things like that. Um, that's our favorite time to hunt. Well, if you look at look at two years back um, when you shot Shocker, yeah, and I shot that fat over ten pointer. Oh yeah, like, huge deer. Oh, that deer was. We we both were sitting on a plot. Yeah, but they weren't coming to the plot. No. You know, you called the shocker bit. He came just close enough to see, yeah, which was too late for him. Right. And the same thing with that ten. I called to him, and he circled me. Right. And came in behind me. Yeah. So he was just coming to look. They were both coming to look. They didn't, were not interested in feeding at all. No, no. You they know? were looking for they were looking for does. They yeah. know the does would come to the food. We called. They answered. Yeah. <laughs> That's how that worked out. Right. You know. Um, yeah. As for the water hole part of things, you know, like you had mentioned earlier, where he had mentioned when you were talking to him about a yep. water hole being a congregating spot, deer aren't going to congregate around the water hole and come searching for each other at the water hole. Uh, they may walk by uh, to check it out, but nine times out of ten, when they're coming through water, those water holes are placed in those positions for a reason. Uh, number one is one of their main thoroughfares anyway. And then now that the deer know that they're there, they will transition through there, yeah. stop, drink a little bit, and then move on. Yeah. That's why we have stands strategic around them. Yep. And um, obviously, you know, you guys haven't been on my property, but they're on either end of the property. Right. They're far from each other. <laughs> you know, so you're going to have different deer at one end, different Correct. deer at the other end. Travel is different on both ends, which is how we set them up. Yep. Um, you know, and so we're promoting that east-west east movement west again. And then there's stands in between the two of them too to catch that transition. Correct. So, and it's the same on my property, uh, the new new water holes that we put in. Yeah, same thing. We just have water holes dug in. Yep. Um, water holes, I think, are probably <laughs> a safer place to hunt than food plots. Food plots, you can educate deer. Yeah. Uh, Rapidly. Well, they're laying so close to it. People don't realize that they're they're yeah. right there. Oh usually, gosh, yeah. You know. And the smaller your property is, the tighter everything is. So depth of cover becomes a, an issue. More on entrance and exit. You know, figure a food plot is always an evening hunt. You can't hunt food plots in the morning. I don't care what anybody tells you and what you time of be. year it is. You yeah, no, be. I'm 100%. Yeah, that's we don't. New. No, you know, that's we, crazy. we get somewhere where they're going to transition back to the bedding. They're yeah. not going to be in the bedding. They're going to be in the food. So we want to get in the middle of that. Yeah, 100%. You know? So you definitely have to watch that. Um, the other thing we're going to be looking for, um, you know, water holes. You can hunt morning or evening during the pre-rut, I think. Um, they probably be more active, I think, during the morning based off of, depending on where they're located. Yeah. 
you know, so you have to watch your entrance and exits there. But, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, that's how I see it. Do you have anything to add? Yep. Yep. <laughs> we appreciate you guys listening. Hopefully that answered your question. Uh, if you get a chance, subscribe right down here in the lower right-hand corner. Just hit the Reaper here at Rush Outdoors, Wisconsin. If you guys want to listen to us on the podcast, you can check us out at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, iHeart, YouTube, YouTube, Spotify, and RSS.com. Right on, right on. We're getting out there. Right on. We appreciate each of you listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. See ya.